Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining me now is Chris Barnes. Chris has 16 PBA titles, including three majors. Chris is on staff with Columbia, Dexter, Powerhouse, and Vice. Chris, I want to thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Well, Chris, also, I'm with uh, High Five and uh, USBC. Hi, so. I knew I'd miss them all. Sorry <laughs> sorry about that to the USBC <laughs> and, uh, and High Five. Well, Chris, you joined the tour back in 1998. What has been one of the keys to your longevity? You know, I guess there's basically two ways, really, to to be successful out on tour and uh, that's to be better better at one thing than everyone else you know at least among the top couple or uh, or kind of be a, a jack of all trades i mean the shop shop maker group and uh uh if you're better at one thing when they if they don't happen to put it out for a while you tend, you know you go away and uh, so i guess maybe the the one thing that's consistent about all the guys that have been out there for a long time whether it's Walter or Parker or Norm uh, uh, or even Pete, you know, is they're they're good shot makers, and when you you know when you can make good enough shots, uh, then the patterns um, you're not bulletproof by any stretch, but you're able to compete in a lot more things. Well, and it seems like the injury bug has kind of stayed away from you for the most part. I mean, I was going back and looking at some of the folks, uh, you know, the Jason Couches and the Patrick Allens and some of the guys who have suffered some injuries who had some really stellar, you know, stellar years and, and, and were right around that same age group as you and, and that sort of thing. So how, how have you been able to maybe keep from the injury? Is it just a conditioning thing on your part? Yeah, I mean, I mean working out more and, uh, and, and keeping some of the weight off. I mean, both those things are big contributors when you have knee issues, like those two both have. Um, you know, Patrick is, is a, well, both of them. I mean, both guys are big practice guys. They've put a ton of games in in their careers. And, uh, you know, in generations past, people just didn't they didn't compete on tour this long. But uh, uh, one of the benefactors of the generation behind me not being, uh, you know, not bowling as much is they're, there haven't been as many of those guys there to push us out. And so, uh, you know, a combination of working on legs, working on core, and, and then I got a, a pretty low-stress game. Really, there's not uh, not too much pull and grab. Uh, and I've been uh, a product of a lot of good coaching. I've knocked off a, uh, a huge number of rough edges. Well, and, and regarding coaching, one of the things, I know you and Mark Baker are doing a, a bunch of camps coming up here, the Pacific Northwest, and 
one of the questions that we always see when people want to coach and people want to go to a coach is, can old habits be fixed? Well, of course. I mean, uh, you know, it takes some time, but uh, uh, to to create new habits. But uh, we all have things that uh, that we do, and a lot of them are pretty good. That's why you know you can't average 180 unless you're doing some things right, and you certainly can't average 215 if without doing a lot of things right. So, anytime with that, uh, we're at at one of our clinics or coaching, we're not we're not trying to break down anyone's game. We're trying to work with the things that are good and identify how to make that best shot more often. I know that's one of the things in having Mark on a couple of the shows that he was saying that the difference between a bowler like myself and like you is the amount of good shots we make in a game versus the amount of good shots you make in a game. And I know that's one of Mark's big philosophies, and and I'm sure yours as well, is you need to make more good shots during a game as opposed to thinking about making bad shots. And that's really the difference is one shot, you know, one extra good shot a game, and and your average is going to increase. Well, if you're a 215 average bowler and you go from seven to eight good shots a game, you you instantly average 225 because you're throwing a lot of strikes already. And then uh, as you tighten up those tolerances a little bit, then the bad shots on the nights when you're lined up well, uh, they're not quite as bad, and you may even get away with those. So how do you prepare yourself mentally to bowl? Well, I'm a very process-oriented guy, so... Uh, um, when I'm looking at lane, it it all it it's a top to bottom thing. I'm I'm looking at the surface I'm bowling on. The if I know the distance of the pattern, that helps. When we go overseas, uh, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't. So in that case, I'll have six balls, and they'll go from uh, basically six balls that hook at different distances. There'll be a, uh, an early rolling ball, and that's what I'll start with, and I'll play out by the gutter and and see how much it hooks or doesn't hook, and. Uh, if it hooks out there, then I know my break point's to the right. I'm going to use the earliest rolling ball that still goes through the pins. And at that point, every ball after that is a pretty simple adjustment. Uh, if you, if you start to flat 10, then I need to get a one that gets a little bit longer and saves more energy. So, Chris, I know one of the things we were chatting about and with the USBC Masters coming up, you have a lot of people competing in the tournament. And let's just say there are some people there who are, are Maybe it's their first time bowling a, an event like that, being on that stage and playing on, on you know, it's pretty much going to be a really challenging condition for you guys. And when someone is playing the lanes, maybe not where they should be or where they quote-unquote should be, what what's something that you pros do that you do specifically to try to work through some of that? Because at the end of the day, it's so, you know who's still going to be there. It's going to be, like you said, yourself and Norm and Belmo and, you know, Bill O'Neill and, and Mika and all the pros are going to be the ones that rise to the top. But how do you kind of fight through some of the early days of, of qualifying? Well, I like the way you think. Unfortunately, those previous tournaments don't have any bonus pins. We could work that one in there, then <laughs> I can guarantee that. But <laughs> a lot of times, whether it's that or the U.S. Open, those are the two big ones where you have a lot of uh, of guest players uh, come in and, and with you know all kinds of levels of experience. Um, it's not unusual that I'll start a dialogue before practice even and say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, I'm going to start warming up, you know, with a pretty dull ball around here. And, you know, you're welcome to join me if you like, and if so, we'll break them down pretty good on this pair. That's about the only pair you can control is your first pair. After that, you're at the mercy of the field. Um, so the first thing I do is try and break down the first pair well and get off to a good start. And then that that helps moving forward. It's always easier to, to chase when you're uh, you know, 220 or 230 out of the box versus 
you know, 170, 180, and then feel like you, you're in panic mode for the rest of the day. Um, but after that, there's a couple of options. You, and you hear it a lot. You know, my, my wife obviously bowls in a lot of men's tournaments, uh, and she, her rev rate's not as high. Uh, you know, she's in the high 200s. Uh, lots of guys around 400. They tend to play an arrow too deep too early, which makes basically takes her left completely away. And you have two options at that point. You can either play firmer up against that dry oil line, or you know where the where the hook is there, or you can push it through something like what uh, Claire Guerrero does. Uh, with, if you have softer speed, if softer speed, you have to use axis rotation. If you have higher ball speed, you can roll it. Um, and then the, the last option is basically being able to control your ball speed. And if you can control your ball speed, you don't have to have a lot of rev rate. You, then you can move left and move to where the oil is. And uh, and get to where the rest of those other players are playing versus having to be to the right of them. Which rookie has really impressed you over the last year? We've had a lot of new guys coming out from Marshall Ken to EJ Tackett. Who's impressed you out there? Well, those are the two the two obvious names. And Marshall Kent is uh, EJ is come out and got on top like most of the best players are when they're early, uh, you know, early on in their careers. Whether it was myself, whether it was Sean Rash, whether it was Bill O'Neill. Basically, Tommy Jones, you you're more powerful than your peer group from a from a release standpoint with some direction, <laughs> and, and that you end up being able to create more room than everybody else. Um, and when you can do that, then you you tend to move to the top of your class. And that's where EJ, you know, he has more rev rate than anyone else. Um, really, one handed, probably the highest rev rate of anyone at USBC. They uh, at the ITRC there. They measured his maxed out shot at 600 RPMs, so the highest of anybody with one hand. Uh, but Marshall is is he's kind of the enigma because at at 21 years old, he's already he's beating people by being a shot maker, and it doesn't happen very often with someone at that age. Well, and you know what impressed me is watching him on his, his the U.S. Open, his first telecast. It didn't look like it bothered or phased him. It looked like he was just out there bowling, just like he was bowling game game seven of qualifying. He was just out there making his shots, and unfortunately, fell up, ended up falling a little short to Wes Malott. But the character that he showed was just it was beyond years for a guy who's twenty one. He's comfortable in his own skin, and that's kind of part of the deal. If you're not going to be, you're not going to have physical advantages over everyone around you, which. Uh, you know he's in the top, in the top ten percent certainly. But his rev rate's probably pretty close to mine, and in, in the low four hundreds, and and that puts him sixty, seventy behind the guys that are generally towards the top, and a hundred behind guys like EJ. Uh, and yet he consistently wins everything in the college tournaments, and that's a field that's pretty strong now with all the junior team USA and junior gold stuff that goes on. Uh, there's a lot of good bowlers bowling in college these days, and and. Uh, he ends up being kind of head and shoulders above the crowd. And, uh, to do all that, you kind of have to you have to be mature beyond your years a little bit, and uh, uh, you have to have a pretty a pretty good grasp of uh, of a lot of different things. You can't just unluck your way into that. Well, Chris, there's been a lot of stuff going on by you down in in Texas and at Arlington and with the USBC. So I know, like you said, you're you're doing some things and you're very closely connected to them. What are your thoughts on what's going on? And, and I know uh, all I've heard is great things about Chad Murphy being named the interim uh, executive director and such, but do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, I don't know that I really could. Uh, I, obviously, I know him from, 
from a lot of different avenues. I knew him as a as a, a classmate at Wichita State for a little while. I knew him as a uh, a teammate with the uh, World Team Challenges, and and then uh, as a you know from a bowling standpoint, and then uh, uh, we worked together at uh, with Columbia Three Hundred when he was there, and so. Um, He's always been an idea guy, and uh, you know, there's the ebb and flow goes back and forth between somebody. You know, do you need somebody with outside business interest? Do you need somebody with bowling? You know, is really passionate about bowling and understands it. And uh, he's got a pretty well-rounded resume from from the business standpoint. Uh, even though it's within the industry, uh, I don't know that our success of bringing people from outside the industry to to kind of look at our the dysfunction that we have sometimes within our, our entities. And I'm not sure anybody can come out from outside and, and get a handle on all of them and fix them. I think it probably does take somebody from the inside to do it. I don't know how long he'll be there or whether he'll be allowed to uh, to move on, but uh, like like many other people, I'm interested to see, see uh, how much success he can have in this job in the interim. Okay, Chris, we're going to end with three quick, short yes or no questions, okay? <laughs> okay, number one, staying on the topic with the USBC, will the USBC allow a PB, every PBA player to bowl the USBC Open in the next five years? Yes. Can Chris Barnes walk into AMF Louisville Lanes and grab a lane without being recognized? Yes. Will your Wichita State Shockers go undefeated in the regular season? We're talking NCAA basketball. Absolutely, yes. I tell you, you have to, uh, if you haven't checked out myself and Coach K, Steve Klempkin, another former Wichita State Shocker alum, we're, uh, we do a collegiate spotlight, and we've had Coach, uh, Coach V on, and we've had, uh, we had Sean on, and we do a lot of stuff, and it seems like we always gravitate towards the Wichita guys, so we're going to have to get you on there as well, kind of talk about some of your collegiate uh, highlights and memories and such going back there. We had uh, Lonnie Wallacek on. A little Wichita State alumni kumbaya. <laughs> exactly. There you go. But very good shows, <laughs> and, um, and all the best of luck. Uh, with everything, Chris, in, including everything you're doing with the USBC. And, uh, and by the way, uh, congrats on the uh, Team USA uh, team trials victory that you just had last, uh, last month in Vegas. So, Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on.